All right, you're in Numbers chapter 22. I'm going to set up the story. Uh, A lot of y'all are familiar with this story. There was a man, a Moabite king named Balak in the Bible, and he was fed up with the Israelites, and and the Israelites were moving in in his territory, so to speak, and he... uh, he hired a guy named Balaam to go and curse the Israelites. So he hires this guy, Balaam, and says, hey, listen, I know, you know, if you curse, whoever you curse is cursed, whoever you bless is blessed. So we want to hire you to go and curse the Israelites. And Balak says, well, listen, I, I can only say what the Lord tells me to say, but, you know, I'll go ahead and go. He asked the Lord if he can go. The Lord told him not to go. He insisted. So the Lord ends up telling him, okay, you know, uh, and, and we'll see this here because I believe he insisted. And we'll see later because his, his motive was wrong. He's on his way to go. Uh, to, to He was hired by this Moabite king to go and try to curse the Israelites. So we pick up the story, Numbers chapter 22, verse 21. So the next morning, Balaam got up, saddled his donkey, and started off with the Moabite officials. But God was angry with Balaam, angry that Balaam was going, so he sent the angel of the Lord to stand in the road to block his way. As Balaam and two servants were riding along, Balaam's donkey saw the angel of the Lord standing in the road with a drawn sword in his hand. The donkey bolted off the road into a field, but Balaam beat it and turned it back into the road. Then the angel of the Lord stood at a place where the road narrowed between, the, between two vineyard walls. When the donkey saw the angel of the Lord, it tried to squeeze by and crush Balaam's foot against the wall. So Balaam beat the donkey again. Then the angel of the Lord moved further down the road and stood in a place too narrow for the, the donkey to get by all the way. This time, when the donkey saw the angel, it laid down under Balaam. In a fit of rage, Balaam beat the animal again with the staff. Then the Lord gave the donkey the ability to speak. What have I done to you that deserves you beating me three times? It asked Balaam. You have made me look like a fool. I always thought that was interesting when you read the story. Like, he just responds to the donkey like he's talking in every day. Like, you ever thought about that? Like, I would be freaking out. Like, why is my animal talking? He just answers him. Like, just like he's having a conversation. No big deal. If I had a sword with me, I'd kill you. But I am, but I am the same donkey you have written all your life, the donkey answered. Have I ever done anything like this before? No, Balaam admitted. And I'm thinking again, neither have you ever talked before. Then the Lord opened Balaam's eyes, and he saw the angel of the Lord standing in the roadway with a drawn sword in his hand. Balaam bowed his head and fell face down to the ground before him. Father, we thank you for your word, this time in your word. Lord, we don't take your word for granted or take your word lightly. Uh, Lord, I pray that we would all have a greater hunger and a reverence for your word, Father. I pray that we would hunger and thirst for righteousness, and you promise that we'd be filled. So, Father, I just ask you to fill us with your truth. Lord, open up our eyes to see the truth, our minds to, to understand it, our hearts to receive it, and the grace to apply this word to our lives. Holy Spirit, help me to present this word. Again, I cannot do this on my own, nor do I want to. Holy Spirit, I need your help. Have your way. May your will be done in here tonight. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. You know, we've all tried to get people's attention before, right? One time or another, you've, you've, all of us in this room have tried to get somebody's attention. Whether you're walking in a crowd, you see someone, you try to get their attention. Uh, you know, you might see someone you know in a store, uh, in a crowd of people. You ever try to get somebody's attention and you try so hard to get their attention and they got their back turned to you and you get their attention, they turn around, it's not the person you thought they were. You ever did that? You ever had that one? I've come very close to where you're like, Oh, no, that's not him. Okay. So, you know, or it's, maybe it's a crowd of people. Are you just having a conversation? Us husbands, I know I'm going to just talk to myself. I know we're very guilty of that. Our wives can be sitting right there trying to talk to us and we're looking at them or we're acting like we're listening, but we're really not. I'm just going to confess my sin. Husbands, don't look at me like that. I know you've done it too. 
especially if there's some kind of sporting event on or something like that. See, the ladies are shaking their head, yes. Maybe you're trying to talk to somebody. He's like, hey, I'm talking to you. You're trying to get, you know, get their attention. I know for me, um, and, and there's a couple of people sitting here for sure, and I know there's probably a few of y'all in here. I know that, you know, I live on a corner right here, right down the road, and uh, many a times, probably every time I'm working in my yard, whether I'm cutting my grass or weed eating, those are the two shaking their head right there. They always trying to get my attention. I either have a weed eater going or my lawnmower, my son cuts the grass most of the time, but I have my earbuds in. So I'm listening to music and I'm weed eating and, and Jason and, and Stefan, they'll be honking the horn. They'll be blowing. I've had people come to me and say, Hey man, I honked my horn and waved that. You didn't even look at me. And I was like, man, did I have earbuds in? Yeah, did I have a, a machine with a motor in my hand? I couldn't hear you. I'm sorry. They, but they were trying their hardest to get my attention. I was doing something. I was focused, and they were trying to get my attention. In this story, the Lord uses a donkey to get Balaam's attention. Now, this wasn't the first time in the Bible that when the Lord did something crazy, like an animal talking, to get someone's attention. And we'll look at a couple of those in a, in a, in a little bit. Sometimes the Lord tries to get our attention through many different means. You know, as, as we read through this story, as I was reading it recently, we see a few ways that the Lord got Balaam's attention. And I believe that it's ways that he tries to get our attention to. Of course, the bearing one again is, is the donkey. I still can't get over like this dude's just having a conversation with his donkey and he's not like freaking out that his donkey. I mean, think about it. If you went home and you're, you, you walked in like, you know, if you have a cat, how many of y'all have pets? You have pets at your house, dog, cat, something. If you walked in like, hey, buddy, I don't know if you do the baby talk with them. And they were like, hey, how are you? How was church tonight? What did they preach on? You know, would you just be like, oh, Pastor Brandon preached about an animal talking. Like, I doubt you would do that. You'd probably freak out. We'd probably get calls tomorrow that you want us to go pray over your house, I'm sure. It probably would be something along those lines, right? But the Lord really does. He uses ways. And I want to just, I want to point out four things in this, uh, this story tonight, how, how the Lord tries to get our attention. Again, this is not exhaustive, but it, it, from this story, we can see it. Number one, he may block the path that we're on. He may block the path we're on. Look at verse 22. God was angry that Balaam was going, so he sent the angel of the Lord to stand in the road to block his way. You know, scholars tell us that Balaam was a, a diviner for hire. He was a diviner. He, he would, he would, he was a fortune teller. He would read almonds and, and do all kinds of things. And even though he told Balak when Balak hired him, and, and I didn't read that part. You can read that earlier in the story. He told Balak, he said, listen, I can only do what the Lord told me to do. Scholars tell us that he was still going with the wrong motive. He was going to get paid. He was trying to find a way that he knew that the king was going to pay him very well. And even though he, Said and he did it. When you finish the story, I'm not going to finish reading. He didn't curse. He blessed every time the king got mad at him. He was still going with the wrong motive. He was going to, to try to make some money by practicing divination of, of, of some sort. Because that was the way he would make his money. So obviously, Balaam wasn't in God's will. He was in the wrong path in life. If you go on even further, uh, it, it, it shows that he couldn't. He ended up not cursing the children of Israel, but the, the children of Israel ended up falling into immorality. And the scriptures point there was Balaam that probably got him tripped up. He couldn't curse him, but he, he, he got involved because later the Bible says that the Israelites actually killed Balaam because of he caused them to get tripped up. So Balaam was on the wrong path. So God stood in his way to try to block him. He sent an angel of the Lord to block him because he was on the wrong path in life. He wasn't in God's will. You may be on the wrong path. It might be that you're not in God's will. It might be that you, 
in God's will, there's not really some outright rebellion you're doing, but you're just not being productive. You're not being productive for the Lord in the path that you're going down and what the Lord is asking to do or, or has called you to do. That's why we provide things. You know, we provide things like Serve Day. It's not just, it's not for the church because we're looking to, to have another event. We're, we're trying to empower you to do what God's called you to do and how he's wired you. You know, when you're serving, like we have Serve Day, whether you're on a serve team, a regular serve team, on a monthly basis, an usher, a lobby host, worship team, as they're walking in the, the, the you know, the sound booth, whatever the case may be, that's your way of serving. That's what God's called. You're being productive. And you might think, all of y'all that serve for kids camp, I mean, it's amazing the amount of volunteers it takes to pull off a camp. We got wild, men's wild game cookout coming up in just a, a, about, you know, two months. And man, the, even the men for a one night event that it takes, we have over 30 cooks, just the cooks that, that bring their own meat that some, some guys take days to cook that stuff for a one night event, but they're being productive because they know it. Everything we do culminates into glorifying God or sharing the gospel with people. So maybe you're walking down a path that's unproductive and maybe your way's getting blocked, or it could be sin. You, you could have sin in your life. You can, I mean, we all sin. I, I understand that. We all sin. But there could be some willful, habitual sin in your life that you keep on going down that path, and so the Lord's wanting to graciously block your way. He wants to block your way to stop you, just like he was trying to do with Balaam. Revelation 3, uh, 7 says this, and this is referring to Jesus. It says, when he opens, no one can close, and when he closes, no one can open. In other words, when the Lord closes a door, it's closed. When he blocks the way, there's no going around it. There's no going around it. That poor donkey tried his best to go around that angel, but you know, angel of the Lord versus a donkey. So there was no way that was going to happen, right? So, you know, we get frustrated sometimes because we're pursuing, we're trying, we're working, we're, we're, we're desiring to go down a certain path. And and there continues to be roadblocks in our lives. It just might be that it's the Lord that's putting the roadblock in your life. Because maybe you're on the wrong path. Maybe you're going down the wrong path. Have you ever tried to do something and it just didn't work out? It didn't matter what you did or how hard you tried. You just could not make it work. You ever been there? And it just would not work. It's just like at some point you got to think, man, maybe this is the Lord stopping me and preventing me from doing something that's not his will, that's unproductive, or a sin that could affect and hurt me or hurt my family. Maybe you're going through it right now. Maybe the Lord trying to get your attention to let you know that you shouldn't be doing it or you are on the wrong path. You know, and sometimes it's hard to come to that realization when we take a path in life, maybe through a relationship, maybe through a career uh, uh, path or opportunity, maybe through uh, financial decisions we're making or, or, you know, just different things, maybe areas of, 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 of life, even, you know, ministry, where you need to be planning all that kind of stuff. And we invest so much time and energy into a certain path that when that path gets blocked, we feel like, well, man, I'm already too far down the road. I can't turn around now. Sometimes the best thing you could do is turn around or just not even just jump off the path and jump on a new one, jump on the path that the Lord has you. In whatever case, whether, again, it be a relationship, you know, or, or an endeavor, whatever the case may be. Again, maybe you're going down the path of un, un, uh, un, uh, not being productive, unproductive, and you need to jump on the path of, of serving, of, of getting connected, of maybe go through the next steps and find out what your gift is, you know, whatever the case may be. It might be a, a certain relationship that you need to, to work on, a certain relationship you need to get out of it. 
Whenever the Lord blocks our path, we've got to remember it's always for our own good. I was reminded today that, you know, years ago, and I've told this story for different aspects, but I was reminded today because it just hit me hard two years ago when the flood happened that my wife and I, uh, we had bought our first house when we got married, um, had our first uh, child in there, and then she got pregnant with twins. It was like, okay, we can make it work. It was a three-bedroom, one-bathroom. So it was like, okay, you know, we have one boy, now two girls. Uh, we can make it work. My wife got pregnant four months after having the twins, and I'm like, okay, you know, four females in the house, this is not going to work with one bathroom, okay? So that was one of my biggest things, and the square footage. So we started looking at building a house. I used to be in construction. I was a painter for eight years, but a lot of friends that are in construction. We had friends that are in the church. They just finished building a house, about the same size we wanted to. So we were going to, we drew up plans. I was going to self-contract. I had a lot of friends who was going to help me. Of course, I was going to do the painting and any other work to help I could have did. And, and we went look at some land. We went look at an acre of land, got an incredible deal, uh, on it, the price was really, really good. It was not far from where we were at. Uh, it just and it looked like everything was lining up. We even did one of these things where it's a whole other story where we we put a fleece before the Lord and said, "Okay, Lord, if this is your will and you want us to sell this house, buy this land, and build this house, we ask that you would sell this house." And and you know this in real estate, this is a pretty pretty big prayer, and we want a full price offer. We want somebody to come and give us a full price, not try to finagle us down or pay any of that. Don't you know we got a full price offer on our house? We will give you what you're asking for. No, no, none of this and that. There are a few minor repairs, but so we're like, man, we, we praying specific here and the Lord's answer on our prayer. We sold our house. The ball got rolling into going by the land, had plans drawn up. But as we kept going and we, me and my wife kept praying, I mean, kept praying about it, and we kept feeling like there was a roadblock. Now, it was really nothing like in the natural. Plans were getting drawn up. We had the, 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 the loan approved from the bank. I mean, all this stuff was good. But there was just something inside of us, which was the Holy Spirit telling us that we, there was just something that just didn't seem right. There was a block in the spiritual room. We felt that the Lord was starting to close the door or block this path. So eventually, one day I got home, and it was the timing and whatnot. Again, we had, you know, three babies in diapers and whatnot and just, you know, thick of ministry. And we both just felt, I came home one day, I said, I feel like the Lord's telling us we shouldn't build a house. Right now in the season, we need to just buy. My wife started crying. She said, I've been feeling that. I agree. So we just knew it was the Lord. We found the house we're in now. Uh, and it was everything we asked for as well. And it was great. Fast forward six years later, because this was two years ago, when the flood happened in 2016, we were going around helping people, gutting houses. In that same neighborhood where I was going to buy that acre of land, I was in somebody's house cutting out their sheetrock. Half the houses in that neighborhood got flooded where we were going to buy acre land and build that house. And as I'm cutting the sheetrock out, I'm like, oh, my goodness. And I thought about that today as I was preparing. I'm so thankful the Lord blocked the path we were on. It looked like it was all good. And my heart goes out. There's some families in this church that actually got flooded in, in that. But I'm just thankful. You know, I know there was other reasons. It wasn't just because I don't believe ju it was just because of the flood. But I know being obedient to the Lord prevented us from our house be being possibly flooded. Are you all tracking with me? So it's good. Sometimes in the, in the natural, in the moment, it's like, man, it would, it just, it would have been nice to build a house like we want to have an acre of land and all this stuff. But you know what? I'm so thankful looking back on it that we will be in that the Lord blocked our path. Amen. Second way that the Lord tries to get our attention is through pain. And I know this is never the fun one. It's through pain. Numbers 25, 22, 25. When the donkey saw the angel of the Lord, it tried to squeeze by and crush Balaam's foot against the wall. So Balaam beat the donkey. And so obviously that's some physical pain. I mean, that sounds pretty bad to crush his foot up against the wall. 
sure there were some multiple fractures there. The word crush just kind of indicates that. I don't know what it means in the in the Hebrew, but it just I'll go ahead and say it in the Cajun. It's probably some fractures. So, you know, going through painful times are never easy, but God always uses it to get our attention. Always. Whether, you know, and I'm thinking like, oh, man, well, does God allow pain? Does God bring on pain? I don't believe he brings on pain. I believe, you know, he, the, the enemy comes to kill, still and destroy. He's coming that we have life and life more abundant. I believe he does allow pain. But I believe when we inflict pain upon ourselves, like in this case, it was, it was his own, he, you know, uh, disobedience and wrong heart motive of why he was on this path in the first place that he got hurt. So sometimes we make life decisions that bring us pain. And it's our own fault. But in the midst of that, the Lord is trying to get our attention. In the midst of it, when, when we're in our lowest, when we're hurting the most and we're going through the thick of it, it it's when the Lord wants to get our attention. And, and I get it. I understand, like, wanting to beat a donkey, you know? I don't own a donkey, but when things go wrong in life or t- things are tough, nowadays, most men don't beat a donkey. They'll beat a wall or something like that, right? Or, the, the, you know, they'll... You know, well, well, Pastor Todd said it, we we're talking about anger. Women get mad at people more, men get mad at objects more, right? And it's true. The other day I was, we'd eat in my yard and it wasn't cooperating. And, and you know, I mean, I, if it was a donkey, I probably would have beat it, you know? So in this context, you know, not really, but it, but when we go through pain, the frustration, I know for me is real to, to lash out. He lashed out as a, as a donkey. We typically lash out at people and often at God. God, why am I going through this? God, you could make this stop if you wanted to. You ever pray prayers like that? God, you could make it stop. It don't even have to be our own. I'm watching my mom go through an incredible amount of pain. And I know God has the ability to, to, to just deliver her totally from her pain. You know, and then, you know, it, and, it, and it's tough. It's tough to watch. You know that. But through pain is where the Lord really is trying to get our attention. Because, again, are we going to get frustrated and lash out? At donkeys and weed eaters, whatever the, ca- the case, at people, at your, at your wall, at your, at your automobile, as, as the people around you or what? You know, l- l- listen to 2 Corinthians 12, 7. This is the Apostle Paul speaking. He said, even though I have received such wonderful revelations from God, so to keep me from becoming proud, I was given a thorn in my flesh, a messenger from Satan to torment me and to keep me from becoming proud. The Lord allowed this pain in the Apostle Paul's life to get his attention. And he said it was specifically dealing with humility and pride. He knew he was getting such amazing revelation from the Lord. He even talks about, man, I was caught up in the third heaven where I was in my body and my spirit. Like this, this dude was getting such revelation. He said that the Lord allowed a messenger from Satan to torment him. And he was getting his attention to let him know, hey, man, listen, you need to stay humble through this whole thing. But, you know, he, he knew loud and clear that, that the Lord was doing the work. Because if you continue to read the scripture, he says he asked the Lord to take it away like we often do with pain. And all he says is that in your weakness, my strength is made perfect. You know, I love there's a quote that, that says, I, I forgot who said it, but it says that God whispers through pleasure, but he shouts through pain. God whispers through pleasure, but he shouts through pain. But a lot of times we want to be removed from the pain. We ask God to remove it and take it out instead of in the midst of it saying, Lord, what are you trying to do in me? And sometimes, most of the times, church, honestly, it's not what God, we're praying with, for, for God to do something for us, but God's wanting to do something in us. In the midst of the pain is what he's trying to do. He's trying to get our attention to like, hey, in this 
valley, in, in the valley of the shadow of death, is where he said he's going to be with us and that his rod and his staff will comfort us. Amen? So it might be through him blocking your way, your path. It might be through pain. This is where it begins to get the, the fun parts. It might be, number three, through performing a miracle. The Lord might just manifest a miracle in your life or somewhere around you to get your attention, right? Numbers 22, 28, then the Lord gave the donkey the ability to speak. What have I done to you to deserve you beating me three times? It asked Balaam. It wasn't the Lord speaking through Balaam. He said he gave the donkey the ability to speak. That's a miracle, right? Right? That's a miracle that, again, if you're, you go home tonight and your pet begins to speak to you, that's a miracle, okay? I do want to know about it, by the way. If that happens, that is a miracle. You know, this would get any of our attention, obviously. You know, the other, only other place in the Bible that speaks of the phenomenon of talking animals in Genesis 3 whenever the serpent spoke to Eve. But, you know, the Lord used a ton of miracles in the Bible to get people's attention. And I just thought about a few. You can see them both in the Old and in the New Testament. You know, you think about in Exodus chapter 3 with Moses in the burning bush, right? Moses is right uh, walking through the, the wilderness, and here's this bush. Not only does the bush get set on fire, but God himself starts speaking through him, to him through the bush. And it was amazing because the Bible says that whenever Moses stared at the bush, the bush was engulfed in flames, but it wasn't getting burned up. So the fact that, you know, God was speaking to him, obviously, was a miracle. You hear his audible voice, but he did it to get his attention because there's this bush on fire, but it's, it's on fire, but it's not burning up. He did something supernatural. I think about Jesus also in the, in, in, in the Gospels. Uh, and a couple of Gospels accounted a little bit in, in different ways. But after Jesus is resurrected, you know, the, the, the disciples thought it was over. He had died. He was gone. One specific poor guy, we call him Doubting Thomas, right? That he didn't believe that. And, and the Bible says that Jesus came and he walked through the wall. Like they locked the doors and then he walked through the wall. And then they're like, oh my gosh, this must be a ghost. This must be his spirit. And then even Thomas, because you remember Thomas vocalized said, I won't believe it unless I could touch the hose in his hand and the, the hole in his side. And so he, he, the Lord allowed him to do that, to say, hey, listen, I was raised from the dead. That is a huge miracle, right? He was that he, so you got to think about it. He was raised from the dead. He shows him that he's fully human. He's not a spirit. He's actually a person. And he just walked through the wall. So you think about that. So it's really two miracles. It's the manifestation of resurrection. And then he just goes ahead and walks through the wall. You probably heard this, this story, uh, before. And, and this is more of a, a modern day miracle to get people's attention. I, let me put this in the context of service. You've probably heard me tell this story. Maybe not. You know, some new people here. Some people that hadn't been in a while, whatnot. And, and so, um, you know, when we're going out to serve there, anytime you're trying to share Christ with somebody, you know, you think about what a miracle can do. And it, and it says it in Acts. If you read through the book of Acts in the New Testament, it shows that it, it says that, I mean, they did all kind of miracles and then they believed. They believed because of the miracles they were saying. The Bible also says they was preaching the gospels and signs and wonders were following them to back up what they were preaching. Well, I heard a story, and this was in probably in the last five, ten years, and, and that there was a young man, uh, and he was witnessing to a guy, and they had went out, a, a church, and went out and was witnessing to a guy, and they said this was documented. A lot of people in the church, another church said that they, they saw it happen. And this guy had a broken leg, and he begins to witness to him and tell him about Jesus. And the guy said, I don't believe in all that kind of stuff and whatnot. This dude went out on a limb. And, and again, I know you all probably heard this, but he went out on a limb and said, listen to me. 
if I'm going to pray that your leg gets healed. And if God doesn't heal your leg, everything I just told you is not true. Now, that's some faith right there. Let me just put a disclaimer. You better know that God told you to say that and that he's going to heal that man's leg before you say it. But the truth is, is that he prayed for the guy and the guy can feel his leg restore it. And guess what? The guy, that got the guy's attention, right? God got this dude's attention and he gave his life to Christ right there. And so God will get our attention through miracles. And by the way, being born again, I always say it is the greatest miracle that can ever take place. When you lead somebody to Christ, it's the greatest miracle. But do y'all still believe in miracles? I believe in miracles as well. So this point is encouraging and it's something to believe for and to pray for. I mean, we don't, we don't have to go around chasing miracles, but I believe that in any given day, any given service tonight, Sunday, on serve day, you can be cutting somebody's grass. You can be moving stuff for them, repairing stuff for them. You can pray for somebody and God can meet them right there with a miracle. And I promise you, that will get people's attention. And that's one of the ways he gets attention in our life. And again, I know for us, sometimes we get discouraged. Sometimes we don't see things happen. And then God does something miraculous. God might save a loved one that's in our lives, a family member, a friend or something. like. And you think, man, that dude is going to be the hardest guy to get saved, right? They probably thought that about me, you know. But when that person gets saved, you realize, like, man, God's still in the miracle working business. When you, when you hear about people getting healed, of cancer, of different diseases, and things turning around. It gets our attention. I believe the Lord is still wanting to get both lost and saved people's attention through miracles. I know and believe he is still in the miracle working business. Amen? And the fourth and final way we see in the story, again, it's not this, he gets our attention in many different ways, just using the story of Balaam. Number four is through revelation. He gets our attention through revelation by revealing things to us supernaturally in the spirit that we haven't seen before. Numbers twenty two thirty one says, Then the Lord opened Balaam's eyes, and he saw the angel of the Lord standing in the roadway with a drawn sword in his hand. Balaam bowed his head and fell face down on the ground before him. So finally, he understands what's going on here. He's taking this, this block path, this pain, uh, out on his donkey. He's, he's refusing it. He's, 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 he's getting frustrated. Um, and then this miracle happens again that he just, again, God's trying to get his attention. I, I keep going back to this talking donkey because the, his response blows me away. This is a miracle and he still don't have his attention. He's still just mad at the donkey, you know, talking to the donkey. So God tries to use a miracle, uh, to, to get his attention. Still doesn't have it. Finally, the Lord reveals what's going on. The Lord opens his eyes and he sees an angel standing there with a drawn sword. One thing to see an angel, I've never seen an angel. Another thing to see an angel with a sword in his hand. You know, if you see just a human being with a big sword in your hand, that's pretty intense. You see a supernatural being from heaven with a sword in your hand, his hand, that's very intense. So he gets this revelation that says, okay, now I see what's going on. I understand that this is God. The Lord gets, you know, my attention all the time, guys, and going back to reading the Bible, reading the Word of God, because I get revelation. I see things. I, I, I have a perspective on things. I think I, that, that I have a pretty good knowledge of the Bible. I read the Bible daily. I've been reading it for 16 years and, and have read through it multiple times. But, you know, in life, I pick up perspectives through frustrations, through hurts, through misunderstanding. And I think that I have things locked down of the way things should go, the way a person's uh, maybe acting or doing or a situation, I know. But when I sit down and I open my Bible and start reading, the Lord will reveal something to me like, no, you're wrong in this area. You're off in this area. He'll begin to reveal to me that what I think is right 
in the right way and the right way to handle something is really wrong because of the revelation of the word of God. And again, that's what's so important, guys, about, about having a daily time reading the Bible. Uh, we, we always talk about this, but I will talk about this until I can't preach anymore. It's very important to have a daily time reading the word because he will reveal the, the, the wayward path we're on, the wrong path we're on. That might be a, a, one of the ways he blocks your path is that you read something in the Bible and realize, oh, wow, I've been doing this for years. And the Bible clearly says not to do this. The Bible clearly warns if I continue to do this, maybe. Because there's some things you know in the Bible that it doesn't say to clearly not do, but the Bible warns us about a lot of things. It says, listen, you know, you might be able to do this, but if you continue on this path, be careful. The Bible warns us about certain things. And so there's something about the Word of God where you get revelation. No matter how many times you read it, well, I've read that story, I've heard the donkey story many times and, and whatnot. There's something about it that when you read it and you, you're, you're looking for fresh revelation. I pray that every time I read, Lord, give me fresh revelation of your Word. Every time I read in my daily time and when I study to come to preach, I always say, Lord, give me fresh revelation of your Word. Give me fresh illustrations. Give me fresh unction of what I'm seeing here. Unction of the Holy Spirit. Reveal to me something I've never seen in your word before. First for me, and then, of course, when I'm preparing a message to give to y'all. The Lord also uh, reveals himself through dreams and visions. You believe that the Lord still talks to people through visions, through dreams as well? You know, there's a story in the book of Acts uh, about the apostle Peter. And Peter had been sent for by a Roman officer to come into his house uh, uh, to, to, to minister the gospel. An angel had actually revealed himself to this Roman officer named Cornelius and said, hey, call for a man named Peter to come and to tell you basically the, the, the way of life, the, the gospel is what he said. So this Roman officer calls for Peter, goes, sends his officers to go and get Peter. Why these guys on his way, Peter was on the roof. It's around noontime, the Bible says they were fixing lunch. And Peter has this vision of all these animals in, in, a, in a big old sheet, reptiles and all kinds of things that Jewish people considered unclean or that, that, that the law had said in, in back in, in, in the days of Moses that they shouldn't eat. The Lord speaks to him and says, rise up, Peter, kill and eat. And for all of us hunters like Bob, we say amen, right? You know, and so, um, but that wasn't, it was, he wasn't talking about it in the natural. I know the, you know, the commanders didn't use that scripture a lot for their stuff, but he was, he was talking about it in the spiritual because later the Bible says he, he was perplexed. He was confused because he told the Lord, going back to the vision, he said, Lord, no, I'm not going to eat reptiles and, and pigs and all kind of stuff that you told us not to eat. I would never eat anything like that. It's unclean. And the Lord says, don't call something unclean that the Lord has made clean. So the vision stops. He goes down to eat lunch. And the people coming, he's perplexed, the Bible says. Uh, they, they, they call for Peter. He ends up going to this man, Cornelius' house. He gets there and whatnot. And then at some point, at some point, he gets the revelation. So we pick it up in Acts 10, 28. It says, Peter told them, he's at Cornelius' house now. You know it is against our laws for a Jewish man to enter a Gentile home like this or to associate with you. But God has shown me. That's revelation right there. God has shown me that I should no longer think of anyone as impure or unclean. So at some point, Peter got the revelation of what this vision meant. It didn't really mean that he can actually go out and eat this, which Jesus does tell us that if we, we can't eat anything now, New Testament church, you offer it with thanksgiving. If you pray, if you bless your food, you can eat it. That's the layman's term, right? Amen. 
Right, Miss Claire? She's like, that's right. Just bless it, baby, and eat it. Enjoy it, right? Amen. That's, Jesus did say that later. But this specific thing he was saying was, hey, listen, don't call Gentile people unclean anymore. I mean, isn't that pretty harsh? He said, look, our Jewish laws, we couldn't even come in your home or associate with you. But the Lord gave him revelation. And listen, this is what's important about that. He got Peter's attention, right? He was praying and he sees this vision. He got Peter's attention. Peter's asking the Lord, I'm sure, he's asking the Lord, what does this mean? And because of this vision, because of this revelation, just as Balaam got revelation, because of this, the Bible says, if you continue to read in Acts, he goes in Cornelius' home. Cornelius has all his family, probably some officers, neighbors come over. Peter preaches the gospel to him. They all get saved. They all get baptized because of that revelation, right? God got his attention. And not just this, Peter now, it's, it busts the door wide open for his ministry. Now listen, I can go sit down with Gentiles. I can eat with them. If they put some pork chops in front of me, I can eat it now, right? And I can associate with these guys and I can preach the gospel to them. And so this revelation changed his perspective. Just like the revelation of Balaam changes perspective that it wasn't the donkey he should have been mad about. If you want to beat somebody, go try to beat that big angel with that sword in his hand, right? Of course, he wasn't going to try to do that. He got revelation. God got his attention, gave him revelation, and it changed his perspective. You know, as I wrap it up, I'm going to get a little personal here. You know, for years, there was, there was a, I had a really hard time with a certain group of people. Um, and I thought it was because now that I'm a Christian, uh, this group of people, the, the lifestyle that they were living is a blatant sinful lifestyle that the Bible tells us is sin. So I always had a hard time. I struggled uh, with a certain people group, uh, even though uh, uh, there are some in our family that choose to live this lifestyle and whatnot. And I always thought it's because well, I'm a Christian and I stand on the word of God and this is true. And that was part of it until the Lord gave me deeper revelation. It took years until the Lord started doing a deep work in my pain. As I began to seek the Lord, uh, the Lord began to show me. And I didn't realize it until after. Like Peter, I knew something happened. We were actually in a class one day and, and, and a bunch of us were seeking the Lord and dealing with some deep wounds and hurts and, and stuff uh, from the past. And, and, and as I went back to some stuff that happened to me, what happened was I was abused when I was a kid. And, and in that, the Lord began to bring healing. And in years, uh, not years, months later, as I began to talk with someone, I began to realize, and I just like, man, I started interacting. This is a family, but I started interacting with this guy. And, and it was like, man, I just had a compassion for this guy like I never had before. And, and when I left that, my wife and I was talking, it's like, man, and the Lord gave me revelation that the reason I was so angry and so against a whole people group was because of my hurt, my pain, and my wound that was inflicted upon me when I was a kid. So when the Lord began to heal me of that and give me that revelation, now I still don't agree with their lifestyle, but I have a greater compassion and love and a heart to reach these people. Are y'all tracking with me? And, 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 and that's what revelation does. Only God could have did that. I didn't even realize it until months later. And when it hit me, it was like Peter, like, oh man, I understand now. And, and, it, and it changed my perspective. God got my attention of, of, of what was going on so when you get a revelation from the Lord, it was in that deep moment when my pastor and different guys were praying for me. And then I was dealing with some deep, dark hurts and wounds from my childhood that, that, you know, revelation came. The Lord got my attention. And now I believe I can be more effective in reaching these, these people that the Lord died for, by the way. The Lord died, so loved the world. He died for them, the whole world, right? Because the truth is, is that I was a dirty, wretched, no good, immoral sinner myself. Amen. And he, and I'm glad people had compassion on me and reached out to me and loved on me and then, then hold my sin against me 
whenever they was loving on me. And some of y'all in this church were here. So, so as we close, do you feel like your way is being blocked right now? Maybe you're on a path and you say, man, I've been trying to do this. I've been, and it's just not working. Listen, I just want to encourage you. Stop trying to go around or push through. If you're constantly getting blocked, you need to bring this thing to the Lord and say, okay, Lord, are you trying to block my way here? Is this not your will? Am I being unproductive? And, and, and Lord, do I have straight up sin? Is this relationship, this path, this endeavor, this, this direction I'm going with my life? Is it you that's blocking my way? If it's constantly not working, you're constantly trying to go around and it continues to be a dead end, there might be, and I don't know the details, it might be the Lord blocking your way. I would pray about that. You may be on the wrong path. Are you going through some sort of pain right now? It could be physical. It could be emotional pain. It could be relational pain. You know, I, and I get it. I know it's hard. Whether it's your own, yourself or right now, us walking through this with my mom, seeing my, my mom going through so much stuff. It could be like when I dealt with that dark pain from my past uh, or, or seeing my wife, my children, or my mom or y'all in the church, people getting hurt. It's hard. You know, and, 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 and I do pray. I pray for my mom. There's no bone. I ask that the Lord does deliver from a pain. But in the midst of the pain, there, there, I know there can be something that's going on. I know and I always pray, Lord, and y'all heard me pray this. Draw us closer to you and closer to each other during this. During this pain, I, I'm praying and believing that my family, that my relationship with my family is getting stronger. And those that, that, are, that are helping, uh, around, that we're all coming together to help. Miss Clovis is our best friend. And, and all of us, the church and friends are coming around, rallying around to help my mom. And I believe we're all getting closer through this. I believe that. So stop resisting it or stop trying to, I mean, get out of it or just like, Lord, just, just take me out in the midst of praying. You can pray that the Lord delivers. You can't hope and wish for that. But through it all, don't just hold on till it's over. Say, Lord, what are you trying to do in me through this? The Lord may be trying to get your attention and he wants to speak to you. And again, ultimately, he wants to draw closer to you. He wants you to draw closer to him through the midst of whatever pain you're going through. And I know, I get it. Pain is real, it's hard, and it hurts. And I don't, by any means, I don't have this mastered. If you talk to my mom or some people that are around me through this, it, it's, it's tough. It's, it's tough. It's tough times. It, it, it gets hard. But I'm just believing that, you know, through it, Lord, what you're trying to do in me, help me. Because, you know, when you go through tough stuff, it reveals the ugliness in you, right? It reveals that you think, oh, man, I'm, I'm, I'm doing pretty good. Until you start walking through some pain, then you start wanting to beat donkeys around you, right? And that's what happens. The good news is that, hey, there might be a miracle in your near future. You might have a miracle coming up. Amen? There might be a miracle right around the corner in your life or in somebody else's life. You know, I know like, man, the Lord might try to get your attention through pain. He could do it through a miracle. That's two different extremes right there. It may be in your life or it might be in the life of someone around you. Right? So listen, allow the Lord and then, you know, just be open to, re to, to, to receive revelation from the Lord. Let the Lord reveal himself to you through his word. Reveal himself to you, his love, and his word to you. And ultimately, you know, there's another prayer that I've, I've prayed, uh, and it's just in the last few years where, you know, we, I pray for revelation of the word and like, Lord, give me a message to preach to your church that I need for me or family for this person I'm counseling. But ultimately, some of the, really the greatest revelation we can get from the Lord is that we, that the Lord reveals to us who he really is, who he is as a person, as, as, as our God, as our shepherd, Right? It's one thing to know about him, but when you get, when you get revelation to who, of who he really is, because the truth is all of us ha have, have a, a mindset of what God's life, by the way, we, with the way the Lord is, by the way we were raised, 
by the way we heard teaching, by the way that, that, that we've built them up to be in our mind. Some of us, and maybe at some point, all of us have built God to be a caricature in some state or some season of our life. We think God, because I know the further I go along with the Lord, I see he reveals himself to me different ways. Like, you know, well, God's like this and God would never. And then I'm like, oh, wow, God would do something like that, you know, right? And we need to ask God for revelation. Amen. Why don't you go ahead and stand up with me? Allow the Lord to continue to reveal himself to you. Maybe the Lord's trying to get your attention or as I started out or as the title of this message, is the Lord trying to get your attention? You know, in the hills of talking about Revelation, I got one more scripture to read, and it's in 2 Corinthians 4, 3 and 4. It says this, if the good news we preach is hidden behind a veil, it is hidden only from people who are perishing. Satan, who is the God of this world, has blinded the minds of those who don't believe. They are unable to see the glorious light of the good news. They don't understand the message about the glory of Christ, who is the exact likeness of God. You can leave that up there, Doug, if you don't mind. If you don't fully understand what I'm talking about, who Christ is, what Christ has done for you. The Bible says that the enemy has blinded, Satan has blinded the minds of the unbelievers that, that I once was unable to see the glorious light of the good news. As hard as I tried, I couldn't see it. I was trying. I was reading the Bible. It just didn't click. I needed revelation of who the Lord was. And, and that's why we pray. We pray for y'all. We pray for people. that Lord, It's something supernatural. The Lord gives us the ability. He opens our eyes in the spiritual room to see who he really is and what Jesus has done for us. The good news. What is good news? In order for us to have good news, there has to be bad news. The bad news is, the Bible says that we've all sinned and fall short of God's glorious standard. The rest of that bad news is, is that the Bible says that the wages of sin is death. And that word death doesn't mean just a physical death, but it means an eternal death, an eternal separation from the Lord. But the good news is that Jesus died on the cross to take our place, to pay for our sin, to, to, to take the punishment. He did take the punishment. Just as the wages of sin was death, he died. He took the death, the penalty, that we can have life, that we can have everlasting life, that we can come into a saving relationship with him. Do me a favor. With every head bowed and every eye closed, I want to ask you, do you fully grasp and understand what Jesus has done for you? Do you do, are you able to see the glorious light of the good news and understand the message of Christ? That you are forgiven, that you can be forgiven, should I say. That if you allow the Lord to reveal himself to you, to open up your heart to the truth, that he loves you and that he died for you. Again, John 3.16 says, For God so loved the entire world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him, that word believes means trust, would not perish but have everlasting life. With every head bowed and every eye closed, you say, Brandon, you know, I'm not sure. I think God's trying to get my attention. You know, God might be trying to get your attention to first come to him and to start a relationship with him and to get right with him. Maybe you've just been, you maybe been coming to church. Maybe you have people has been telling you about the Lord and you know that you're on the wrong path. You know that your own path is leading you to eternal separation from God. It's unproductive. It's sinful. For many years, God was getting my attention with what he was saying so I could come and surrender my life to him. If you say, Brandon, I think God's been trying to get my attention. I know I'm not right with him, but I need to get right with him. If that's you, just slip up your hand, and I, I want to pray with you. Say, man, I need to get right with them. I see your hands right here in the middle. I see your hand here on the left, ma'am. Over here, sir, in the back, I see your hand. Thank you, Jesus. 
Anybody else? Say, man, I got to get right with the Lord. See your hand, young ladies. Thank you, Lord. Hands going up. Over here, two in the back, to the right. Thank you, Jesus. Thanks, man. Thanks for being bold. Over here, ma'am, I see your hand in the middle, in the back. Thank you, Lord. Hands going up in almost every section. Thank you, Lord. All of you with your hands up. The Bible says if you believe in your heart and you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Pastor Todd talked about this Sunday. It's our confession, but that word believe means to trust, just like you would trust a parachute to save your life if you jump out of the plane. Those of you with your hands raised, just pray the simple prayer. And as a family, we're going to pray with you. Say, Lord Jesus, I thank you for dying for me. I thank you for loving me. Lord Jesus, I ask that you forgive me of my sin. And I'll make you my Lord and Savior. Now come in my life today and save me. And give me the strength and give me the grace to live for you all the days of my life. And it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen and amen. Come on, why don't we give these a round of applause? Yes, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. And praise God. God bless y'all. Listen, do me a favor. If, if you raised your hand and you prayed that prayer, maybe for the first time, or maybe you, you didn't, your first time in a long time, there's a card in the pew right in front of you that says, I made a decision. Just takes maybe a minute to fill it out. Do me a favor. Fill that card out. And on your way out in the lobby to the left, it's an info center. Drop it off there if you need a Bible. We have a Bible for you. We want to give you some information to get you started. You can come tell me. I'd love to hear from you. Uh, you can give the card to me as well. We'd love to pray with you and get you started. And for everyone else here, if you need prayer, prayer for anything will be up here but listen god might be trying to get your attention all right so in any one of these ways he might be trying to block your path in the midst of the pain hey be on the lookout for miracles amen i'm believing on the 21st we'll see miracles right or even before then amen so let me go ahead and pray over you pray a blessing over you father i thank you for everyone here tonight i pray your grace peace power and provision to be released upon them help us lord uh, to help us all of us to realize when you're trying to get us attention and you want to speak to us and what you're doing in our lives. We love you. Bless these as they go. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Have a good evening. God bless you.